Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Verse 1, Now on the first day of the week, at early dawn, there came to the tomb, bringing spices with which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And when the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise again. Verse 8, And they remembered his words, and when they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now Mary Magdalene and Jonah, and Mary the mother of James, and the rest of the women who were with them there, they were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they were not believing them. But Peter stood up and ran to the tomb, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away by himself, marveling at what had just happened. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this great passage of scripture here that reminds us of your resurrection, where you gave us victory over sin, death, hell, and Satan. We thank you for this great passage. Give the pastor wisdom and guidance as he explains this passage to us in great detail. Amen. He is risen. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, so we are... um... We're working through our, our working our way through the book of Luke, and uh, and Craig says I timed it perfectly and landed right here on Easter Sunday. I don't think that I can take credit for that. Um, uh, it, it is really really cool that it happened this way, though. I um, it's pretty neat because usually what we have to do is we're working through a book of the Bible. And uh, we have to stop at Easter and do a do a like a, a different passage, a passage from a different book, um, one that has to do with the resurrection. And so this year it's really cool. I can just keep trucking right through Luke because we we're right here at the resurrection um, um, in our sermon series, which is really neat. So this week I was reading over these verses, and uh, um, I was like, man, I think. I think I just preached this. I think I, I think I just preached these these verses because, like I say, I, I, I on Easter I stop and I stop whatever it is we're, what sermon series we're doing and I and I pick a an, like an Easter passage. So I looked in my computer. I did a quick search in my computer and I preached this same exact passage two years ago. Two years ago. That was the really fun year. Remember that, 2020? Um, that's the one, that's, that sermon I preached to a, to a video camera, and you guys were at home on Facebook, and it was good. We should just have like a reunion tour, just do that every year, just for fun. No, that was, that was terrible. Anyhow, but it's what we were doing at the time, if you remember. We can only have like 10 people 
in the room at once. Um, so it was, it was basically just my family, right? And uh, uh, no, even they were at home. I don't know. It was, it was fun. Anyhow, so I, two years ago. And so now, right now, like after the service, you're going to come up to me and you're going to say, yeah, I remember that sermon. You don't remember that sermon. Don't lie to me. You don't, you do not remember that sermon. You're like, yeah, it's about the resurrection. No, shut up. You don't, you don't remember, you don't remember that sermon. I barely, I barely remember that I preached those verses last year or two years ago. You don't remember. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know what I could do? I could just preach that same sermon again. No one would know. I could take the week off. I don't have to study. I could, you know, go work on my golf game or whatever, and I could, I could just take, I, I could, you know, uh, just preach the same sermon. Am I going to do that? You don't know. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> you have no idea. I could, I could swap that sermon in at any time, and you have, you'd have no idea. Uh, but seriously, it does, it did get me thinking, and this was a little bit depressing for a couple of minutes, um, it did get me thinking about how forgettable sermons are. And it's not because, I mean, sometimes that's the fault of the sermon. The sermon itself was not all that interesting, and so it is just kind of forgettable. But I've also heard really good speakers, uh, really good preachers, really good communicators, and I've heard them give really good, biblical, compelling, engaging sermons where I learned, and it was just a good, I mean, it was a good thing, and I can't remember a word of it now. I don't remember, I remember kind of in a general way that it was a good sermon, but I don't remember it. We don't remember, we, we are forgetful people. We are forgetful people. I've, I've heard a lot of good sermons in my life, I've forgotten almost all of them, as far as remembering like the points of the sermon and that kind of thing. This is sort of right now my plug for church. This is why it's good for us to come to church each Sunday and to be reminded that the gospel is true, that Jesus was truly born of a virgin, that he truly is God in the flesh, that he really did live a sinless life, and he died for the sins we committed, and on the cross he bore the wrath that we deserve, and he indeed truly was raised from the dead. The resurrection is true. The gospel is true. It's glorious. It's life-changing. And it's true. We often forget. We often get distracted. We get consumed with things that don't matter anywhere near as much. Now, it is not a big deal if you forget the particular points of a sermon. That's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But it is a big deal if you forget the big truths of the Bible, if you begin to live as if they're not true, which is a little bit of my, sort of my philosophy of preaching, maybe, if you care. My, sort of my philosophy of preaching is not so much that you're going to remember the particular points of my sermons, but that you're not going to forget the big truths of the Bible. This passage right here, I liked the way I think Craig was he, he praying about or talking about it. He, 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 he said that this is a great reminder of the resurrection. In fact, that's, that's kind of how our sermon is going to be constructed this morning. Um, four reminders. This, we, we are forgetful people. 
Sermons are forgettable because listeners are forgetful. So this passage here is a wonderful reminder. Four of them. Four wonderful reminders. Now, some of you probably don't come to church all that often, or maybe this is your first time in a long time coming to church. Um, and so some of this may be new information for you, which is, I'm, I'm really happy that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you get to hear this with the rest of us. And then, then some of you have, this is like your 78th Easter sermon you've heard, right? This is not the second time you've heard Luke 24, 1 through 12. This is probably the 10th or 15th time. Either way, and wherever you are in between that, we need these verses this morning. We need these four reminders this morning. So let's look at them together. Four reminders from this resurrection story. Number one, first reminder, you can be sweet and devoted and confused. You can be sweet and devoted and confused. Verses 1 through 5, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. These, these women went to the tomb. They, they, had, um, they had gone a couple of days earlier, and they had seen the body of Jesus. So they knew which tomb to go to. They had seen it before the, before the stone was rolled away. They saw the, the body of Jesus in there, and then they rested on the Sabbath, because that was the commandment, and then they were going to come back now today, the first day of the week, and dress the body for burial. Honor Jesus um, and, and, and dress his body for burial uh, uh, with, the spi- with the spices that they had prepared. And verse 2, their day does not go the way they had planned at all. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. That's the first surprise. They were not expecting this. Um, they were expecting to have to find someone to help them roll this huge, heavy stone away from the tomb. So there was a bit of a surprise when they found the stone rolled away. That's not right. That shouldn't have happened. And then verse 3, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. That's another huge surprise. Um, not, they were not expecting that. They were expecting the body, the, the dead body to kind of be where they had seen it last. It's not normal when dead bodies move. Verse 4, here's their next surprise. They definitely were not expecting this. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. Um, now, that's not like these men were wearing nice ties like I am today. You guys notice the tie? Um, this is a sort of a dazzling tie. Yeah, sort of a, yeah. Yep, this means I'm not going to wear one on Mother's Day, by the way. I wear a tie one Sunday morning a year, and this is the Sunday morning this year, so don't expect it on Mother's Day, but that's not really important right now. So, um, just throwing that out there. The, the other Gospels tell us that these men were in dazzling apparel because they were angels. They were angels. Verse 5, and as they were frightened and bowed their heads, faces to the ground, which is what everyone always do, do, does when they see an angel... They were frightened, bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? This is a gentle rebuke to these women. It's a, it's a gentle rebuke to them. They're not berating them, but they are, they are saying, you're, you're 
you're looking for Jesus as if he is still dead, which is exactly what they were expecting. He was dead a couple of nights ago. He's still dead, right? Now, it's interesting because he had said to them very explicitly, and the angels are going to remind um, them of this in a couple of verses, the, 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 Jesus had said to these women and to the rest of his followers very explicitly, yes, the, the Son of Man is going to be arrested and betrayed and or betrayed and arrested and, and condemned and killed at the hands of, of sinful men. That's going to happen. And on the third day, he's going to rise. Now, the, all the rest of that happened. It happened just as Jesus said it would. But the part about him rising from the dead after three days, when Jesus said that to them very explicitly, but they thought he meant something other than that. We don't know what they thought. And we should not be very quick to, uh, to blame them, because it is a lot to take in. But they thought he meant something other than that. So they need their the- theology filled in. These women are heroes. They are sweet. They are devoted, they are courageous, they are going to go and they're going to honor Jesus in his burial, no matter what it costs them. No matter if they get in trouble for it, they they are loyal to Jesus. They are commendable women. We are rooting for these women. These These are heroes. They are sweet and they are devoted. But what we see in these verses is that's not anywhere near enough. It's not enough to be sweet and devoted. They, they need to understand the fullness of who Jesus is. They need to understand the, the, the truth of the gospel. Jesus has to be more to them than just a wonderful friend and a great teacher and an amazing miracle worker and this, this, this great hero. He has to be more than that to them. He has to be their risen Savior. You and I have to, we have to come to terms with this this morning. If you have not come to terms with this, if you have, if you have not believed this, you need to stop and, and, and right now with me, think through this. You, you and I are sinners. Which, which means we have not honored and obeyed and loved the God who created us for His glory. We have not honored and obeyed and loved Him the way that we should, the way that He deserves. Not even close. We have sinned in our, in our actions. We have sinned in our thoughts. We have, we have sinned in what we have done. And we have sinned in what we have not done that we should have done. We deserve hell. But on the cross... Jesus paid for our sin. And here's why we need the resurrection this morning. Here's why we need to come to terms with the resurrection. It's the same reason these women and then these these disciples and these other followers of Jesus, over the next few weeks of their lives, they're going to have their theology filled in. They're going to understand the gospel. They're going to understand just who Jesus is and just what it was he did on the cross and just what his resurrection means. They're They're going to come to understand that. And one of the things that they'll they'll understand 
is that, is that Jesus on the cross offered God the Father a, a payment for our sin. He, he offered God the Father a payment for all the, all the sins of everyone who would believe upon Him. All of them. All of the sins. And, and it was, it was like a, I, so I get a, um, every once in a while I get a Duncan, uh, gift card for Christmas or for my birthday. I'll get $15 Duncan gift card. Um, and, and a, a medium iced coffee at Duncan is, um, more than three dollars. So I can't get five iced coffees. I probably wouldn't order five iced coffees anyhow at one time. Unless I'm having just a rough day. But I can go four days in a row and get an iced coffee each day. That fifth day, I'm going to have to kick in my own money. I'm going to I'm gonna have to throw some, some quarters in there. I, 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 my gift card is going to run out. The payment won't be enough. On the cross, Jesus gave God the Father a full and complete payment for our sin. And God the Father showed, he, this is basically like him showing the receipt. He showed the, the receipt to all those who will believe, to all those who have eyes to see, all those who have ears to hear. He showed the receipt that the payment that Jesus offered up was sufficient. When Jesus says, it is finished, God the Father says, amen. Yes, it is. When Jesus went to the cross to, to pay it all, to pay it in full, God the Father says, yes, you have. And he showed this to us by raising Jesus from the dead. These women were sweet and they were devoted. They were, they were, they were wonderful. But they needed to believe this. They were still confused about this. If we, there are, there are all kinds of people in in Kosciuszko County, there's all kinds of people all around us who, who I would love to have as neighbors. They would, it'd be great if they were teaching my children in school, if they were coaching children in, in whatever, that they were, they were working alongside of us, or if they were, whatever. They just, they're, they're great people. They're sweet, devoted people. They're, they're, they're faithful to their spouses. They're just, they're good. They're just, they're just nice people. They're just nice people. But if, if anyone, no matter how nice they are, no matter how, how good of a neighbor they are, if anyone dies still being confused about the gospel, about the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, if they die in their unbelief, They will, they will justly suffer the punishment they deserve for their sins. 
It's nowhere near enough to be a sweet person, to be a devoted person. It's nowhere near enough to be a sweet, devoted person. You must believe the gospel. You must believe that Jesus has paid for the sins you have committed. You have to believe that. You have to see Jesus as your only hope in life and death. Your only hope to be saved from the punishment you deserve. Like I try to remember to say often, if you have any questions about that, or or if you just want to say, you know what, I don't think I believed that yesterday, but I believe it today. If you want to just talk with me in any way about this, come find me afterwards and we will talk. Believe this good news of Jesus Christ. You have to have the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have to have the truth. It's not enough to be a nice person. That's our first reminder. Our second reminder is this. The word of God gets the final say. Verses 4 through 7. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? What a wonderful, what a, what a wonderful um, way to start a sermon. This is, the, this is the first Easter sermon ever. And you're going to notice it's a little bit shorter than mine. Um, it's, it, it's an entirety. It's about three verses. But it starts with that great hook, you know. I'm always trying to think of a great way to start a sermon. You know, what's a great way to get everybody's attention? Um, and today, obviously, I just say, yeah, I told preachers two years ago. So I, I, I usually don't come up with a good one, you know. But every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Usually, no. Um, usually I just get up here and start talking and hope for the best. But um, these angels, though, they got a good one. Why do you seek the living among the dead? What a great question. And you wouldn't think an angel would need an opening hook, right? I mean, I think the women are paying attention. I don't think he's got to gather them in. I think, I think just, just these angels being angels, they, they've got their attention. But he says to them, he is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. Remember the words of Jesus that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and, and be crucified. And on the third day, rise. Remember the words of Jesus. Do you see what these angels are saying here? They're saying, of course Jesus isn't here. Of course he's not dead anymore. Don't you remember his words to you? Don't you remember the word of God? This is where we turn. This is where we must turn when we are confused or sad or heartbroken or perplexed or afraid. We turn to the word of God. And And as we turn to the Word of God, we remember the resurrection. Think with me about this. Since the resurrection actually happened, I mean, we gotta stop right there for just a second, and because uh, the, 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 uh, the potential problem is we've heard this so often that it stops being amazing. But, but Jesus was raised from the dead. I mean, he was dead and then he was not. He was raised from the dead. That's crazy. And since that happened, isn't that just even more proof that we can trust what God's Word says? When you are confused, or when you are scared, or when you are heartbroken, the the wonderful thing to do is to turn to the Word of God and, and ask 
yourself. I must ask myself, we must ask ourselves, will God give us all that we need? Will he give us strength to fight temptation? Will he work all things for our good and his glory? Will he make us more like his son? Is he going to present us faultless before the throne? Will he comfort us and sanctify us along the way? Is he truly sovereign and good and wise? Will he give wisdom to those who ask for it? Has he truly overcome the world, no matter how much trouble we encounter in it? Will he really bring us to himself forever? Has he actually raised his son from the dead? Is the gospel true? If you answer yes to those, then then the word of God has the final say. We are like these women sometimes. We are sad, we are afraid, we are confused. The angel's message to them is the angel's message to us. Remember the words of Jesus. Turn to the word of God. Let it have the final say. That's our second simple reminder from these verses. Here's the third. Third reminder. Let's be people who talk about the resurrection. Verses 8 through 11. And they remembered his words. That's a great memory verse right there, right there for you. Luke 24, 8. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women. So there's at least five women with them who told these things to the apostles. So there's at least five women total here. So they go and they tell these things to the apostles. <laughs> Verse 11. Um, but these words seemed to them like an idle tale. And they did not believe them. Um, that, that, that idea their idle tale is a pretty, it's um, what we might call sexist today. It's a pretty, it's a pretty patronizing, dismissive, uh, kind of mean term. And it has the idea of this is something that women would believe that, you know, smart men wouldn't. These women didn't care, though. The resurrection to them was worth talking about. They don't care if someone's going to mock them or going to dismiss them or be patronizing to them. They don't care about that. This, the resurrection is worth talking about. Let's be people who talk about the resurrection. Now, the first response, if, if, if this is Easter sermon number 68 for you, right? The first response to me right now is, duh. Let's talk about the resurrection. Of course, of course. You know, chances are in this sermon, I'm not going to say anything revolutionary. I, actually, chances are in any sermon, I'm never going to say anything revolutionary. But, but what we have to do is we have to stop our, and ask ourselves, but when is the, the last time we actually did talk about the resurrection with someone? Of course we know we should. Of course we know it is the thing to talk about. Of course we know it, but, but when's the last time we actually talked about it? Let's, let's stop being so focused on learning something new. Let's, let's, let's be focused on doing the things we know. 
The resurrection is worth talking about. Since Christ has been raised, we will be raised too. Since Christ has been raised, we are going to live forever. Since Christ is raised, we will stand before him to be judged. The resurrection changes everything. And of course, some people are going to think we're silly. Of course they are. The chances are that there are people just kind of in here this morning who think I'm silly for the stuff that I've said, for the stuff that I just openly believe. Of course some people are going to think we're silly. But, but the beautiful thing is, like in this story here, the people who thought these women were silly, they, they, they were believing it themselves pretty soon. They were on their way to getting it. They were on their way to understanding. And do you think that those men actually went back later and said to the women, sorry for, you know, the way we treated you? No, they did not. They did not. Because how much sanctification are you really expecting? But, um, yeah, they might have. They might have. They might have said, yeah, so when we, when we laughed at all five of you, as if we thought all five of you had the same delusional dream, um, yeah, that was stupid. We're sorry. They might have done that. Probably not. Either way, they believe it. They get it. By the grace of God, they believe the same stuff that these women believe. Let's not be afraid of a little bit of mocking. Of a little bit of scoffing. Paul, in Acts 17, was telling the gospel to a big group of people, and most of them had never heard anything like it before. Most of them had never heard of the, well, of the God of the Bible. Most of them were not familiar with like the, the Jewish religion. Like, most of them had no context for what Paul was talking about. So he was talking to them about the God who created them, who gave them their, their life and their breath, and, and in Him we have our being. In Him we breathe and move and have our being, like the God who had given them life. And so they, because he had given them life and he was sustaining them, he was, their, he was their king. He was the one they were accountable to. And then he says that that same God, in, in Acts 17, Paul says to these, these people at Mars Hill, at the Areopagus, he says that same God commands all people everywhere to repent. You have sinned against him and you need to repent. And he says that, that he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. And he is going to judge the world through a man that he has appointed. And we know that he has appointed this man because, because he has raised him from the dead. There is a risen Lord. There is a risen King. And you're going to stand before him in judgment someday. Now, of course, when these people heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them mocked. But, one of my favorite phrases in the Bible but others said, we will hear you again about this. If you tell the, the story of the resurrection to people who don't believe, some people are going to mock you. Some people are going to think, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's ridiculous. That belongs in an ancient book for people who were just superstitious 2,000 years ago who believed this kind of nonsense. We're way too smart for this garbage. Like, just, just if you're going to be this weird, old-fashioned person, then do it somewhere else. You're going to get that. You're going to get that from people. Some people are going to say, wait, 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 what? What did you say? Start over, start from the top, and tell me again? Wait, what? I want to hear more of this. I've got questions. Can we talk about this? 
Does that happen? It happens all the time. It happens all the time. When that stops happening, it's because we're going to be in heaven. It happens. Jesus is still building his church. Some people will mock. Some people will say, I want to hear more of this. Let's be people who talk about the resurrection. That's number three. And then number four, our final reminder, let's be people who go home and marvel. Do not write down, let's be people who go home and watch Marvel movies. That's not what I said. That's something very different. Number four, let's be people who go home and marvel. Verse 12. So Peter mocks these women. He's like, this is, that's the silly, that's something, that's some silly like knitting circle kind of thing. That's like a quilting bee thing. You know, that's like the ladies who are playing mahjong at Martin's. That's the stuff they believe. It's silly. Men are way too smart for this. That's, that was Peter's original dismissive thought. And I can feel some of you, like, you're angry at me for that. I'm just, I'm just, no, don't get angry at me. I would never think that way. Peter did, though. Blame Peter. But then, he has to go, though. Verse 12, he rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He's like, maybe, maybe, they, were, maybe, maybe they were telling the truth. There's got to be something. I'm going to go. So he goes. And he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Is it possible that it's true? The idea of him going home and marveling means it's, it's this idea of him starting to, starting to kind of open his mind and his heart to the possibility that something that he believed was impossible actually may very well have happened. Because you go and you look in the empty tomb and you see the grave clothes by themselves and other, other gospels let us know that they were, they were folded neatly. Like they were... It, and so I have never, um, that I remember, done any grave robbing. I don't know if that's a thing you guys have done. Um, like sometimes you guys talk about sort of your checkered past. And I stop you before the stories get really interesting. Just because it's easier to pastor you if I don't know everything, you know. And so, uh, so I saw that. Just, just the whole right there. I can kind of fill in the rest of the blanks for myself. It's fine. You don't, I don't need the details. Um, but you've never mentioned to me that you robbed graves. Um, but I do know this, that if I was going to rob a grave, I wouldn't take the time to, to take the, the grave clothes off of the, the, the body I was stealing for who knows why, and then take those grave clothes off and like lay them in a nice neat, like, like I was working at Old Navy or something, right? I, I don't, is Old Navy still a thing? I don't know, it may not even be a thing anymore, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, so... wouldn't do that. And so Peter's thinking, something happened here. Something happened. So he goes home and marvels. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. I want you to look at the text of Scripture and say, something has happened here. I want you to spend time in wonder. I want you to consider the gospel. Not, not just like today, although I think it's a great thing to go home today and spend some time. I know you've got lots of fun, like family stuff happening and all of that. It's just great. But spend some time, some time today, marveling at the resurrection. 
Luke, this is a big deal to Luke. The book of Luke, um, which some of you were with us at the beginning of the book of Luke, which was 66 sermons ago. So thank you for your patience. And um, if you remember, though, at the very beginning of the book of Luke, back in Luke chapter 1, we have, we have the book of Luke beginning with wonder and marvel, don't we? I mean, you have the... You have, just like in this story here, it sort of begins the way it ends. The, you, in, in, in the beginning of the book of Luke, you have angels coming to a very frightened, very confused woman. It's very much like our passage today. You have an angel coming to a, to a very frightened, very confused woman, and you have that angel saying to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. Now this is crazy because she is a virgin. She was a spouse to a man named Joseph. They had not come together. They had not slept together. She was a virgin. And now there's a, an angel, so that's surprising. So her day's not going the way she thought it was going to either. Her day is a little bit crazy. The, the angel says to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now that's enough crazy for one day, right? That's enough for this poor girl to like try to think about. But the angel goes on. His sermon is a little longer than our Easter sermon, but not much. He says he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And listen to this. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So not only... This Virgin Mary is going to have a baby, which that doesn't happen. If you're unclear on that, talk with your parents. Don't come to me and talk to me after the service. I do not want to talk about that. But um, Mary's going to have a baby, and not only is she going to have a baby, it is this is going to be a king who reigns forever. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. What do people do with this? angelic message at the beginning of the book of Luke. Well, some of them respond the way the women do. The the, the women, they go and they tell the the disciples everything that they had seen and heard. And that's what the shepherds do. And the shepherds hear this message from the angel and then they see this baby boy. They go and they tell everybody. They go and tell. The birth of Jesus is worth talking about. The death of Jesus is worth talking about. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is worth talking about. But Mary does kind of what Peter does here. Peter goes home and marvels. Mary treasures up these things, pondering them in her heart, Luke 1 says. The birth of Jesus gives us much to ponder. The death of Jesus gives us much to ponder. The resurrection of Jesus gives us much to ponder. I would encourage you, at least once a day, turn off your smartphone, Disconnect from the dozens. I mean, when I say turn off your stomach, I mean power it all the way down. So it's not making any bleeps, buzzes, noises. Just power it all the way down. Disconnect from the dozens of distractions that fill our houses, fill our minds, fill our hearts. Disconnect from the distractions. Turn everything else off and marvel at Jesus. Just marvel at Him. Just spend time in wonder at the one who loved you so much that even though you were his enemy, 
who refused to honor him as king, even while he was giving you life and breath and all that you have, you were refusing to honor him as king, and even though you were his enemies, he loved you so much that he died for you. Marvel at the great love of God. And then marvel at the power of God as Jesus rises from the grave. Marvel at the gospel of Jesus Christ. Marvel at the resurrection. Sit in just undistracted wonder. Believe his word. Remember his word. Tell others his word. Marvel at his word. Believe that the resurrection happened. Remember that the resurrection happened. Tell others the resurrection has happened. And marvel that the resurrection has happened. Believe Jesus. Remember Jesus. Tell others about Jesus. Marvel at Jesus. He is raised and this changes everything. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your love. And we thank you for probably our favorite way that you showed your love to us, the most exciting way that you showed your love to us. And that you, and that you sent your Son to die for our sins. We thank you for your, your deep love for us. And we thank you for the great power that you displayed and the great satisfaction in the saving work of Christ that you displayed when you raised him from the dead. We pray, God, that we would be people who do the work of 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 remembering. That we would sit with these truths, that we would remember them, we would marvel at them, and then God, please give us the courage to tell other people about them. Help us to believe, help us to, to speak of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you that because Christ is raised, our labor is not in vain. We thank you that one day we will be raised too. That we will be with you forever where there is fullness of joy. Thank you for the resurrection. In Christ's name, amen.